Want to take your business to business company digital? Learn from the leaders at Sana Commerce. Hello and welcome to a new episode of Talk Commerce, the top podcast for e-commerce innovators. I'm your co-host, Veronica Costello. With me, as usual, is my lame joke telling co-host Brent Peterson. Today we have a special guest, Arno Ham, CTO of Sana Commerce, a leader in B2B e-commerce technology. Sana enables over 1,500 companies globally to deliver seamless digital experiences by integrating directly with core systems. On today's show, Arno will share his 20-plus years of experience driving innovation in B2B commerce. He'll offer advice on digitally transforming traditional businesses and discuss Sana's value proposition of real-time integrations. We'll hear Arno's expertise on the importance of customer-specific pricing in traditional business-to-business sales. Get ready to take your business digital as we unpack success secrets from Sana Commerce's CTO. But first, a word from our sponsors. Are you lost in the content creation chaos, struggling under the burden of high costs and complications? Does the thought of regular content posting make you break out in hives? We feel your pain, but don't despair. Your content hero has arrived. Introducing Content Basis, delivering unparalleled content creation and scheduling solutions crafted specifically for your audience and needs. Harnessing the power of AI, we efficiently deliver on-point content every time. Our US-based team meticulously reviews each piece, ensuring authenticity and precision. We value your unique voice and insights. You direct the final shape while we handle ideation to execution. With auto-scheduling, your content always finds its audience. And with bi-weekly check-ins, our strategies sync with your vision. At Content Basis, we're your dedicated ally in the content battlefield. From ideation to posting, we've got your content journey covered. Visit contentbasis.io and say goodbye to content chaos today. That's contentbasis.io. My name is Brent Peterson and I'm your host. Please remember to subscribe wherever you download your podcasts. And now, talk commerce. Welcome to this episode of Talk Commerce. Today I have Arno Ham. Arno is the CTO of Santa Commerce. Arno, go ahead, do an introduction for yourself. Tell us about your day-to-day role and maybe one of your passions in life. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me, uh, Brent. So yeah, my name is Arno. Um, I work over uh, 20 years in technology. I have my background um, in computer science. I studied computer science and I, yeah, I love technology um, from the very, very early beginning. Um, and um, yeah, here at Sana, uh, we are doing B2B e-commerce. So when I joined Sana, I also fell in love with, with, the, with, the, with the wandering world of B2B e-commerce. And uh, yeah, my day-to-day job is I'm leading everything tech-related. I'm part of the board of directors of executive board at Sana. So everything from product management to product development to the professional services we're supplying and customer service we are giving to our customers, uh, I'm responsible for. So that keeps me busy. And um, yeah, if I'm not busy with Sana, uh, I like to run, I like to cook, and I like to spend time with my family. I have three daughters, they keep me busy as well. 
so um and a lovely wife so um yeah um love to enjoy the outdoors um visiting museums eat nice food and 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 just you know do family stuff that's awesome thank you so much um so i know that you graciously volunteered to hear a joke and all you have to do is it's called the free joke project all you have to do is say should this joke remain free or do you think somebody could charge for it one day all right so here we go i hired a handyman and gave him a to-do list when i got home only items one three and five were done it turns out he only does odd jobs. Uh, yeah, I, I kind of <laughs> like it. I kind of like it. Uh, yeah. So, so yeah, let's pay for it. Let's pay for it. <laughs> wow, all right. Yeah. Pay for it. There, there we go. Good. Nothing comes for free <laughs> in this world. Go on. Yeah. yeah, good. All right, well, thanks. Thanks for that. In the ever-evolving retail landscape, one platform is changing the game, ushering in a retail renaissance that puts relationships at the forefront. Welcome to Endear. Endear is a CRM built for omni-channel brands, empowering them with the consumer data to deliver a personalized, efficient customer experience that drives sales and retention. Imagine a tool that intuitively understands your customers' needs, giving your brand a remarkable edge. Don't believe us? Geronimo from Rebag says, I've used every CRM from Salesforce down and Endear is the best one I've found for us. With Endear, your team isn't just selling products and crafting stories that resonate, nurturing connections that last. It's not just a CRM. It's a tool that empowers your sales associates to make personalized connections, bridging brands and customers like never before. Ready to redefine retail clienteling with a platform trusted by hundreds of omni-channel brands around the globe? Request your Endear demo today and enter a future of enriched connections and unparalleled customer loyalty. So uh, I've had Mikiel uh, on before, the CEO mm -hmm. of, of uh, Sana, and I, I, I enjoyed that conversation. Um, and I know that B2B commerce is so important or, or is growing now. So tell us kind of what is the backbones and what are, what are you promoting nowadays and or not promoting, but, you know, tell us about Sana a little bit again and, and uh, tell us a little bit about the platform. Yeah, no, definitely. So... Sana is all about B2B e-commerce. So um, yeah, when we started the company back in the day, so that was around 2008. So we've been here for a while. Uh, we actually originate from a digital agency or e-commerce agency here uh, here in, in Western Europe, in, in the Netherlands, where our headquarters is. So I think you have backgrounds as, as running a digital agency or e-commerce provider as um, uh, our agency as well. So uh, you, you kind of know the trick. So yeah, and we, we we did a lot of B2C um, for all the major retailers here uh, here in uh, in our side of the world, and uh, but we saw more and more customers coming with a question um, um, to our desk and saying, "Hey, yeah, we have also another group of of customers that we want to serve, and we and we never heard about B2B e-commerce or about B2B. That was that terminology didn't really exist, but they said, "No, we have besides of our consumers, we also have another group of customers we want to serve, and yeah, they have." We have prices negotiated with them. We have, they have special agreements. They have this, they have that. One can order this, one can order that. Uh, but yeah, we want to bake a web store. You guys are good at it. So, so build it. So we were, you know, getting into that business and we understood, okay, that is what we nowadays call B2B. We are, you know, companies trade to other companies 
And uh, things are, you know, they want the same experience as with e-commerce with B2C, but there's so much more at stake. There are so many more challenges um, that you need to solve. And later on, we figured out that a lot of that information, a lot of that data, a lot of that logic was in these companies' ERP or backend systems like Microsoft Dynamics or SAP. You know, these, these things, a lot of companies run their business on these systems. Uh, and yeah, while every time, every project building integrations, getting the data out or synchronizing the data with all the troubles that was, uh, that was, that was creating, we thought, Hey, we need to do that differently. And that's why on an, on a certain moment in time, we thought, Hey, what if we could turn these backend systems into e-commerce engines and bring all that complexity and all that data and all that logic all to, you know, to the users, to the B2B buyers and solve all those problems with, with errors that can occur with manual data transfers or, and so on and so on. And that is actually how Sana was born, right? So, um, be doing stuff completely different than what we call mainstream e-commerce like Adobe Magento or Shopify. Um, that's not only about the feature set that we're focusing on supporting really the B2B niche. Uh, you can say so. Um, uh, but we also do that from an architectural perspective that we, yeah, are, we are trying to do most of the things, um, from the single sources of truth, the ERP systems or the product information management systems where the data is already there. So we have a lot of real-time integrations. We call them pre-built integrations. So that's not just supplying a bunch of APIs, but it is also about certification. It's about functionality to, to you know, everybody has their ERP in a different way. Um, all those things we are solving. And uh, that's how now 1,500 customers all over the globe are enjoying that ride. And... Um, um, and, and yeah, we are a, a rapid growing company and, um, and yeah, that's, that's what we are now, right? We are, uh, we have offices all around the world and, um, and if companies have troubles in, you know, bringing their B2B e-commerce online, you know, in the digital transition. So from, you know, not having a store to go digital, or if you have already a platform, but you have troubles with adoption or you have troubles with um, growing your revenue or you have a lot of manual work in solving errors on the transactions that are being um, um, being received from the platform, then maybe it's a good, um, good option to look around and uh, because these things we are really good at and we are solving for our customers. That's awesome. And I know one of the strong points you have is that direct integration. And I think you had originally talked about or you had a direct integration with SAP that talk about how important that is to have that single point of truth and have that direct integration with your ERP system. Yeah. So, so why is it so important is what we have seen with B2B is that things can get complex really rapidly, right? For in, if you're just, uh, if you're running a consumer business you have and you're selling, um, shoes or toys or whatsoever, you have products and products have a price and that is the complexity that you get. So, um, a product, uh, a price is actually attached to a product as an attribute with B2B to give an example. You can have a different price than me, uh, and even there can be prices, different tiers if you have order more and so on. So there's already adding complexity. So actually price is not an attribute to the product, but to the customer, which can explode it in terms of data and logic that you need to transfer. 
if you do that with synchronization, there will be there will be always errors or things that you need to map or that there are systems that cannot handle the amount of load, etc., etc. And that's why it's better to do that in real time where it already is in the systems where it, that it's already designed for that or that has that functionality. And while doing that, you also do not have to, you know, manage these systems on two places. So you do not create pricing in one system and do it over in another system and make mistakes there. Um, and you do not have, let's say, um, uh, when you're, you're getting the orders eh, while doing that, you do not have to, these mistakes. So yeah, uh, if nothing is so bad in harming a relationship with a B2B buyer, if you, you know, you negotiated the price, you entered into a store and you see, okay, eh, you talk to the sales guy there and say, hey, okay, this is my price. I negotiated there. It's in the system. You go back home, you go online and you see a different price, right? That's not what you want. It should be that seamless same experience and so these are just a couple of answers i can talk all day about that but these are the things why integration matters and um and we do that in real time and and that is a lot of our intellectual property is in these systems to make sure that it is quick that it is scalable that is robust and also that it can function when for example the erp is not available for maintenance or something like that right so we have covered in these past 10 even more since 2008, we have covered all those scenarios and we are really specialized in that. We have teams dedicated on SAP, dedicated on Microsoft Dynamics, um, developers, consultants. Uh, so in comparison with other vendors, we have uh, a huge amount of knowledge inside our organization just to, to, to handle that. I want to key in on what you said earlier about price is an attribute of the customer and not of the product. I think it's a really good way to look at it, especially for B2B. Help help our listeners understand what that means and why it's important, especially in the marketplace for B2B. Yeah, so pricing uh, in B2B, everybody has um, most of the time negotiated pricing or uh, um, because you're ordering at bulk or you are, yeah, you are ordering maybe a thousand bicycles a year, but I'm or I'm a larger organization. I'm, I'm buying 10,000 a year, right? So I get a, most of the time I have a, if I done my negotiation, right? I get a better price per item than you. That's just how, how these things work. Um, and, yeah, to, to handle that in that terms of complexity is that, yeah, if you have just a product and a price, it's a one-on-one -on -one relationship. But if you have 5,000 customers with 5,000 products, I think you end up with 2.5 million uh, records or even more, right? So that's exploding in terms of data and in and, ter and, and that explosion of data and also logic is also exploding the um, the things that can go wrong or the time it takes to synchronize these things, um, especially um, in the rapid um, um, changes that are now being needed in the world with, you know, stock levels that are at risk or with, with production lines and scarcity of, of resources, you need to, you know, change data more frequently than in the past, right? So if imagine if, let's say, five years ago, you only had to update pricing maybe every uh, week or every year. Now we see companies change their prices multiple times per day. Yeah, imagine if you 2.5 million price records need to shift around in systems. Yeah, that's kind of a, a challenge in IT still even in 2023, but we see it companies struggling. Things get stuck, synchronizations fail, systems are not aligned, customers are calling unhappy, and you're ending up with a lot of manual work. These, all these things we are solving because we just, these changes are there in the system, 
and we are directly in real time getting these pricing information, uh, for example. But it's also about what products can you buy or not. Uh, it's also about do you have what stock levels do we have? Uh, what is really at stock? Uh, and in B2B, it can be more complex because you can have different stock levels agreed than me because you have maybe a special part in the warehouse that is reserved for you because you're a large buyer. These kind of things, all those complexities, that is all in these systems. And that's what we expose and make it really, really simple for the B2B buyers to consume that information, to use that. It feels really frictionless, but it is a, quite a big of, uh, quite some magic to make that happen. Yeah, I, mean, I, I think the, the hard part for a lot of uh, end users to understand is that relationship with the amount of data that has to be saved in, in an index. And I come from the Magento world yep. um, where that has always been a struggle. And as you add a store view, you're going to you're going to multiply the number of price or, or indexes you have to an inventory piece. Talk about I love that idea of a reserved product because I think a lot of a lot of places don't talk about reserved products. Um, tell us a little bit about a why a why a merchant or a or a um a manufacturer who has this has something like Santa would want to reserve specific products for of for one of their customers so somebody else couldn't buy it yeah no that's a great question so that's all about let's say the relationship in b2b relationships matters it's not always the price or it's not the price for many of these cases it's it's about you are uh, running a business and you as a bit uh, as a company for example if you are a, a a construction company or you're building houses you want to deliver you know your house for your end your end use your end buyer let's say for for a consumer or for somebody else so there's always you know you're also supplying to something so if you're purchasing if you need goods to build that house and it is not available yeah you need to you know you're harming also the relationship that you have with your customer because you cannot build that house on time or you cannot finish that project so that's why um this the relationship to, between the you know the b2b buyer and the supplier um, is very, very important that you can really rely and trust. And one of the things is that yeah, companies make agreements that say, okay, pricing is not a big issue, but if I'm calling and I need this piece, I want to have it. And that's why they make these agreements that you say, okay, we will just, okay, that's fine. We know that you roughly, based on data, will purchase a thousand of these pieces a year. We will put at least 500 on stock because we know you will anyway buy them, right? And then the sooner they, they place that order, or the, or the moment they place the order, they are sure that they, they will have it. And uh, and they can also see that real-time um, levels, let's say, so uh, the, the eventually levels. So so that is that is the relationship. That's the point. Um, because next time, if that relationship will be harmed over and over again, you will go you will go to another you will go to another vendor and say no this is not going to work right and once again pricing is not the biggest thing here it's it's about you know making sure that you that the agreements that you uh, that that you have that they that they will be um, that they will be taken into account and that you're just delivering the goods as as agreed um one thing that has come up uh now is or recently not recently mm-hmm. but there's some things that come up with younger people and the way they behave and now more and more younger people are becoming are are becoming business owners and they want their experience in b2b to happen the same way as say d2c or b2c talk about a little talk a little bit about how that 
relationship is changing between the older the older business owners that are just doing it in a traditional way that say they've done since the 19 since the turn of the century yeah, yeah. The turn of the last century as compared mm-hmm. to what new what younger people are expecting now in their experience yeah so 40% can you imagine 40% of the of all the b2b transactions happening in the world is still offline so there is still a huge group that is doing business offline and some some product groups are still yeah, quite difficult to transform into a digital experience. However, it is rapidly changing because indeed one of the um, the key arguments for that or the key reasons, the key facts for that is that <clears throat> the younger generation, actually the B2B buyers that are now purchasing, they demand that seamless experience or they, they are actually want to buy the stuff that they had, that they are doing at home as well, right? They want to, that it's the same. And they are not used to go to trade shows or to talk to people, right? The, the new generations are, you know, living in, in more than a digital world. That's just how they are, you know, being uh, educated or grown up. So, um, and also the business owners see that because they're also changing and say, hey, yeah, we need to align these, the need of the B2B buyer with what we are supplying. We need to transform. We need to bring our traditional business which is offline with with email or um, or just face to face by visiting uh, as a sales uh, rep visiting your customers um, on a certain frequency. We need to change that and bring that to the digital world. And there the problem starts because that is actually the challenge that we are seeing with so many customers, and where we at Sana um, have a lot of expertise in helping a lot of customers just by simply. Um, yeah, helping them in that transformation. Because one of the things that we can talk about or what's interesting in my opinion is that um, for the older generation, which is, you know, going at some point in time to retirement, they have so much knowledge about all those complex B2B products because, you know, products in B2B are most of the time more complex and require more explanation to say, okay, for example, this spare part will fit on this machine, but not on this machine. Uh, or you can also use this, right? So this practical or sometimes very difficult information is all living in the head of the salespeople or the experts on, on certain in the different areas. And you need to, you know, transform that from, from these heads into a digital experience, right? So, uh, and there are lots of ways to do that with, you know, with nice product content or discovery and search mechanisms where you can configure and select and buy, but that needs to happen, right? And also the way how you do business or the business model sometimes change. So um, there is a lot of things at stake and uh, and that makes it also, uh, that's also one of the reasons why still 40% is not digitized yet because it's just a hard job. It's not an easy thing. And that's why we also see companies struggle a lot. Uh, but with the help of integration, uh, you can do a lot of shortcuts, uh, making things easier, at least as a starting point. But besides of that, we also have a lot of expertise on this very topic, as well as giving the functionality besides of integration, also the functionality to support all of this. One thing you'd mentioned, uh, well, you mentioned digitization, digitization, digit, digitization of the (laughs) digitalization yeah Yeah. yeah, thank you of the whole industry um it feels like the erps have all worked on getting their own web front end like making that experience available but many of them haven't been successful and they look for companies like santa to 
partner with and do that. Talk a little bit about how ERPs seem to do what they do well, and sometimes they don't do that presentation layer to the customer well mm-hmm. in a in a B two B format. Yeah, no, I think it's everything is is it drills down into expertise, right? So we have already yeah over twenty years of experience in e-commerce and B2B e-commerce, but we cannot build an ERP. I'm not going to build an ERP. So, um, and I think also the larger ERPs and and the organizations behind it um, are shifting and we see them shifting from being these big suites of solutions that they can do everything, uh, but not everything very, very well, but in general, just uh, that they are shifting to more like a, you know, best of breed or composable kind of um, architecture or solutions uh, where you can um, have a bit ecosystem where you can swap functionality or extend functionality to give that full package. So that is a whole journey that is, I think, the past 10 years that we have seen um, uh, see, see change in the IT industry in general. And that's also what we like at Sana. So we are really, you know, we are focusing on B2B and on the integration there. We are delivering a super nice frontend for that as well. Uh, but if you want to use another frontend or want to, you know, use part of our frontend, we can handle that as well. Same story applies for if you want to use the ERP for your product information, you're good. If you want to use Sana, we also have some kind of functionality. But if you have really, really big needs, then it's maybe better to purchase or to look for a product information management system because they are specialized in that part of the topic, right? So, and we are integrating with these kind of vendors as well. So it's not only about ERP anymore. We are trying to, you know, make sure that we really fit in the IT landscapes of uh, what we are seeing now at the customers, right? And they are, you know, quite diverse. Um, and also um, where we saw 10 or 15 years ago, um, um, everything was surrounded or around the ERP. We now integrate with CRM systems or customer data platforms or product information management systems. It's just that this, this whole trend and this whole motion of um yeah best of breed solutions solutions especially software as a service focusing on a, a certain yeah um part of the business oh as we're going into you know the end of 2023 already it's hard to believe that we're going to mm-hmm. close out 2023 in just a quarter and a half or almost yeah, yes. just one quarter what what do you have for advice to um a B2B buyer in, in getting that, getting to that next level. What, what type of things should they be looking for nowadays in terms of, uh, digitization and mm-hmm. moving forward and sort of breaking out of that shell of what you would think of as a traditional B2B, uh, B2B, uh, company that doesn't necessarily look at the web as an, as a solution for their problems. Yeah, no, definitely. So if you are not having a, um, a store yet or you're still in, in this 40% bucket, let's say so, then, um, I would really advise that to, 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 to start talking. If you're not already doing, but start talking with your B2B buyers because nine out of 10 times what we have seen with customers is that they're saying, hey, if the younger generation step in that they say, Hey, yeah, I, I do not want to call for an order anymore. Do you, don't you have an app or don't you have a web store or? Um, I, I, I also have flexible work hours. I have a family. I, I want to place an order at, at maybe at nine o'clock in the evening and do not want to, you know, call between eight and, and four or something, something like that. Right. So 
First of all, talk to your B2B buyers. Make sure that you're really, really close to your customer, right? That's always good in whatever you, you do in the world. So, and if you have done that, then it's uh, probably a good thing to also form a team. If you say, hey, we want to move to and want to digitize that, to form a team of in a multidisciplinary way in the organization you're in. So it's not something uh, that is IT driven or sales driven or marketing driven because that's why when we see projects fail, if it's only led by marketing or it's only led by IT, um, then you will see that there is not um, uh, a success at the end. You need to do it holistically and with all all those different uh, expertise at the table and actually it really transform your company um, into the digital world, right? It's not only an IT trick or a sales trick to, to, to do. And once you have done that, very special ingredients for the sales part is to make sure that the incentives are done in the right way because your internal sales team is your biggest internal competitor as well for these kind of changes because they will say, my target is at risk. My customers will move all to digital. I will not earn any bonuses anymore, all that stuff. Now make them part of the journey and actually make it like an opportunity for them. Yeah, for example, saying, okay, now everything what is being filed in uh, on, on, on the online store by your B2B buyers, that is just adding to your target. Uh, but you do not have to spend time for that. So you can use that time to find new customers or make other people enthusiasts so you can do more and you can earn more, right? So yeah, these kind of things um, often um, go wrong and that's definitely something you need to look into. So, and then, yeah, and um, uh, and if you do not want to, you know, copy paste all that data or if you do not want to manually uh, make uh, or, or, or if you do not want to get into mistakes and so on, yeah, choose an integrated solution. Like we are supplying because, yeah, it is otherwise a huge amount of complexity that you need to bring from a system or multiple systems and people's heads into an, uh, a storefront. And that is, um, yeah, that's what we are solving for our customers. That's great. Um, I think that uh, the holistic approach is so important and it, 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 it feels sometimes like new businesses are all just focused on IT. Correct. Maybe not on the relationship side and uh, traditional old school B2B businesses are uh, the opposite. They're not really looking at their digital landscape. Maybe they yes. have an ERP because somebody 20 years ago said they have to have an ERP and they want to manage their inventory or they, their, their, uh, their accounting system needs to be up and running and they don't want to use paper ledgers. But I think that the looking at this in a holistic approach is such a great way to approach for any business owner to look at it, especially in the sense that if you think about what they did 50 years ago, they're, they're not going to want to do it the same way, right? And as, as we grow, we're always going to want to grow in the same in the same regard. Um, Arno, you know, as, as we close out the podcast, I give everybody a chance to do a shameless plug about anything they'd like to plug. What would you like to plug today? Yes, yeah, so Definitely. So I, 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 it was great talking to you and I, and, and in this, you know, 30 minutes, time is flying, right? When you're having fun. Um, I explained a little bit, uh, about the benefits of, of, of integration in B2B e-commerce. But once again, if you are, you know, not having a B2B e-commerce storefront yet, but you do not know where to start or you see troubles along the way on how to transform your organization from something non-digital to digital, um, then it's definitely uh, uh, a moment to reach out. Otherwise, if you already have a platform, but you're struggling with adoption 
or you have a lot of manual interventions because of order errors or uh, customers that are filing tickets because they see different pricing uh, or they have uh, troubles in finding information or they do not have an overview of their orders, what they have recently placed, then probably something is wrong um, on the experience you're delivering for your B2B buyers and, um, and we can solve that for you. So yeah, if you're using Microsoft Dynamics or SAP and there are many, many companies in the world that are doing so, uh, then uh, yeah, reach out um, um, uh, and go to sanacommerce.com uh, or uh, and, and or if you like to uh, learn more about B2B e-commerce, if you like the topic in general, or if you're also looking for a solution, then um, yeah, tune in in my very own podcast, which is B2B e-commerce integrated, which you can find on all the major channels like, like uh, Spotify, Apple uh, Music or Apple Podcasts and YouTube. So um, yeah, B2B e-commerce integrated is the place to be if you want to have a podcast that is not only about e-commerce but very niche also on about b2b e-commerce so that, that was my plug that's <laughs> perfect yeah and I'll, I'll make sure i get those uh, into the show notes i uh, i appreciate that we made it through the whole episode without talking about running are you training for anything today um, I just stay healthy, but I, I, I'm not, I'm not running or preparing for a marathon. Although the one here in Rotterdam is pretty, pretty nice. I can, I can recommend it if you're running marathons, Brad. But, uh, for now, I'm just keeping up, um, keeping up, um, my shape. Let's say it like that. And it's a good way to clear your, your head, right? Because yeah, that's, that's, that's also part of life. Just, just to, after a busy day of work, do a run or in the early i also like to run in the early mornings do a run and you can you know have a fresh start that's always good yeah it gets your head in the right space correctly as i remember rotterdam finishes in the olympic stadium uh no it's, it's amsterdam finished, yeah that's amsterdam that's the other one also nice but in rotterdam you're finishing on uh, one of the bridges which is uh, pretty pretty cool as well yeah, I, my bucket list is finishing in Olympic Stadium. So I've done Mexico City and I've done Munich. Nice. So anyways, it's a whole nother Helsinki will be one that I want to do. Great, great, great. Good. Well, Arno, it's been such a pleasure talking today. I will Same make sure here. We get Thank all you the, very much. Yeah, I'll get all those things in the show notes and uh, have a great weekend. Thank you very much. Thanks, Brent. Thank you for making it to the end of this episode of Talk Commerce. Please rate this episode wherever you download your podcasts. We are actively looking for people to participate in the free joke project. Go to talk-commerce.com and sign up for your free spot on the free joke project. If you are a business, I will do a 30-second elevator pitch in the spot to help promote your business. That's talk-commerce.com. <laughs>